0: All right, we're on. So welcome back to another week at Brain Basement. I am here with Gabriella Encina, who is a fellow expat and licensed psychologist. Welcome, Gabriella.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Anneli.
0: Yes, so happy to have you here. Thank you for your time. Um, today we are talking about the difference between an expat funk and depression. But first, before we dive into the topic, I'd love to mo- know more About you, Gabriela. So if you could share a little bit about your work and kind of your journey as an expat, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: perfect. Okay, I'm Gabriela Encina, as you said, a licensed psychologist and an expat. And I support expat women through the challenges of expat life. And I um, show them and teach them tools and, and help them to find their inner resources to most of all, improve the relationship with themselves and the ones around you, the one around them, sorry, around them in their expat life and also in back home uh, to regulate their emotions and to make the best decisions about their lives and above all, prioritize themselves. Uh, that's what I do and I do it uh, through online counseling and I'm an expat I've been living here in Europe since 2010 I'm originally from Chile and I moved because I fell in love with an Austrian man and um, (laughs) we met in Chile and then I we decided that I should move to Vienna and I've been in in Vienna I stayed eight years and now I'm in Valencia in Spain
0: okay wonderful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even just hearing the description of what you do, it's like, well, we should just set up an appointment because everything (laughs) that you do as an expat woman, it's resonating with me. So Mm -hmm. I'm just excited to get your thoughts on this specific topic that's actually really near and dear to my heart, having Mm -hmm. experienced both, I'd say, an expat, lots of expat funks in all different forms and also diagnosed depression. Mm -hmm. So maybe we could start there. Like, what do we mean on this episode when we're talking about a funk versus depression? So what would you Mm -hmm. say for each one of those? Like, as far as how would you define them?
1: Uh, first of all, I, I have to say, I have to admit that the first time that I that I heard about expat funk was <laughs> when Melissa talked about you and the, and, and, and the podcast, and actually it's a new concept for me, although I know exactly what it is, but l- like the, the wording expat funk, it was um, new to me, and it is actually very reactive to expat life, like expat funk is a reaction to to some uh, particular event while or after we moved abroad. Uh, It can be uh, triggered by thoughts, by emotions, by uh, specific situations related to expat life. And uh, usually it shows if you are um, familiar with the the cycle of the the culture shock, uh, there are four stages. Uh, <laughs> honeymoon negotiation adjustment and adaptation and this expat funk shows appears in the negoci- negotiation and adjustment phase. It's actually after we arrived and we settled down and we solved all the problems that we had to solve. Then comes the quiet time. We have time to think and to see what we did. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then when that is when expat fun can hit sometimes like this, this, oh, okay, this shock. And okay, what am I doing here? This negotiation time? Okay, what did I leave behind? What am I gaining here? All these questions um, am, I, am I alone? I'm with my family. Do I miss my family back home? Do I feel lonely? Uh, Do I do I regret the decision, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. So it's so many so many things. Like you are, are aware of it. So that's the beginning, mm-hmm. and it can it can be momentary, or it can be it it can come in waves, and it mm-hmm. depends on the on the on many factors, or how long it it takes to get out of it, or to recognize that you are experiencing something like
0: this. Yeah, and that's I'm about so expat g- funk, yeah. yeah so, I'm so glad mm-hmm. you bring up the the culture shock
1: mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. cycle or wave mm-hmm. um, because that's what came to my mind first. And expat funk, I we really just kind of made that term up. So it's a it's a nickname that we're using for just everything you just explained. Just kind of the valleys that we we face as expats that are very unique to expats, you know. Um exactly. mm-hmm. and I remember looking at the, the curve mm-hmm. one time what probably during that phase of what is it adjustment and I saw on the internet, it it had a big dip and it said hostility at the bottom, like this phase Mm -hmm. of hostility. (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Like that's, that's kind of what I'm feeling right now (laughs) is Mm a bit of hostility around what we're doing right now and why, and where am I and everything Mm -hmm. you described. So I think Mm that I'm glad you pointed to that. Mm -hmm. So what about, um, or do you have anything else? And then, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. What would you say for depression, I mean, I think it's pretty widely understood, but from, a, from, you know, a licensed psychologist, I'd love to hear your words. What is, uh-huh. what would you say?
1: Uh-huh. Okay, so it is very easy to, oh, before I, I, we continue, I have to say this, uh, um, depression, expat funk, uh, dysthymia, fatigue, sadness, whatever. Uh, it is important that we are understanding we have it this episode because we want to people, we want people to understand what they're going through, or maybe they feel identified with some some points or some uh, stories that we're going to share. Uh, but we don't want to label anyone, or we we don't want to we don't want anyone to self-diagnose them themselves, yes. and, and to say, okay, I have depression. What should I do? Like, it, 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 it be, feel helpless or hopeless about the, what they are feeling. We want them to understand what they're going through and ask for help. Yeah. Ask for, uh, to someone that knows, a mental health professional, if you, are, you have the, suspicious, the suspicion, the suspect, yeah. that you are going through a depression or even an expat funk. Don't diagnose it and that's it, please, because it is very important that you seek help. You don't have to go through this alone. And, don't label yourself because that's very damaging okay mm-hmm. thank I you so much for that,
0: that. yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent
1: mm-hmm. okay so depression um some uh, th- there are, there is a fine line between a funk and a depression and sometimes uh, difficult to differentiate that is why again it is important to go to a mental health professional but i would say that some indicators are the length of the time that you are feeling uh, apathy or uh, fatigue or sadness or irritability or frustration. Those are also signs from depression because people tend to think that if you are depressed, you are sad all the time. And it's not like that. Sadness is a, an indicator as well, but there are other indicators, like I said before, apathy, you don't want to do anything, you are tired all the time, you you don't you don't see joy or or excitement in anything you do. Those are also indicators of depression. So sorry, the first thing length. If you're experiencing this for more than two weeks. In a row let's say Mm -hmm. but with ups and downs like we said before about expert funk that can be an indicator okay about depression other indicator is um i mentioned that i mentioned that before if you don't feel joy or excitement in nothing that you do because that's a big difference be- between that and expert funk. In expert funk, you feel tired or, or whatever negative or unpleasant emotions you're feeling, but you still are able to find joy in some mm-hmm. things or excitement or motivate. You feel motivated in some areas. In depression, it's very generalized. It's this apathy, this this uh, in anhedonia is called in Spanish. I don't <laughs> know, but it's this this this. Uh, uh, Difficulty to feel excitement or happiness in general. That's a very big indicator of depression. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what else? Physical signs, chronic pain, stomach ache, pine, um, back pain, those are also, those can be also signs for depression when it's not only let's say heartache but yeah. also do you feel it physically and it's chronic and it's it hurts a lot for a lot of time that's also an indicator of depression in comparison with that expert sorry expert funk mm-hmm. it d- doesn't manifest necessarily with pain or with chronic pain yeah i think that's that's uh that's, those are the ah oh th- this is also important expert funk or this, this sadness, this reactive sadness is triggered, usually triggered by something. In our case, cultural shock, or I don't know, a discussion or insecurities about being an expat, etc. cetera. So, so there are, those are specific situations or thoughts that are triggering this funk. Mm-hmm. And with depression, it is more as it's more generalized, it is more difficult to point what exactly is causing this depression. You have the thoughts. You have the self, the, the self-loathing uh, talk, or or, ne- or very, very intrusive or and obsessive thoughts, and they are difficult to identify. Where or when did they start? Is they, they are just there? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's that that makes it also very, oh, not very, but it can be an indicator of depression.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Can I are... ask you something? Yeah. Please. Please. Okay, so so because you said
1: at the beginning that you you experienced both, yeah, could you tell the difference or was it clear for you or how how was it? if I may ask you you can always, but it's in it's very interesting for me. Yeah, just no, to know please. I how was it for you.
0: Yeah, and I think it's so useful to hear really practical examples. Um, so, mm-hmm. and it's interesting when you're going through it, it's very Mm -hmm. difficult to know kind of where you are. I remember early on our first assignment was in the Philippines and I can't remember how Mm -hmm. long we had been there, but maybe, maybe six months to a year. And my husband came to me and said, he said, are you okay? You just don't seem like your normal self. Are you Mm -hmm. happy? And, and my initial reflex was, yeah, sure. I'm fine. (laughs) Of course I am totally myself. I'm I'm happy, Mm -hmm. you know, and, but then as the weeks passed, I kept kind of reflecting back to that conversation and thinking, you know what? I think there is something going on, but I didn't Mm -hmm. really know what it was at the time, but my husband who knows me, you know, really well could see that maybe something wasn't, wasn't sitting right. Or just, I wasn't my normal self. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, fast forward to our next post was, Ukraine and uh, I was pregnant during that time and had a baby during that time of life Mm -hmm. and we were we lived in a different part of the city than the rest of the our community so I Mm -hmm. felt pretty isolated but I also didn't really have the energy to get out and be motivated like I normally would to be social and I Mm -hmm. remember just feeling really lonely during that time of Mm -hmm. life And I think that I would just simply say that and even reflecting back on that time, there were so many positive things during that time in Ukraine and I loved our life there. But it really was accompanied with this feeling of loneliness. Um, And then fast forward to our third post in Azerbaijan. I had had my fourth baby in the US, I went home to have her and then we flew back to mm-hmm. Baku when she was six weeks. And I wow. was um and just started dove headfirst into postpartum depression. Yeah. And so I mm-hmm. guess because mm-hmm. you know, telling those first two examples in these other countries were so different than the depression I experienced in Azerbaijan. And I'm so glad you kind of went through the differences because there was such a huge difference for me and I know it looks so different for everyone, but um, you know, in Azerbaijan, I I got to the point where I, I wasn't able to take care of my family or myself in the yeah. way that mm-hmm. in a really functional way, even just basic, you know, getting people breakfast or getting myself out of bed or, yeah. you know, I really relied heavily on my husband to the point where I had no other choice, but to ask for help because Mm -hmm. life just wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of, those are my, I was able to tell a big difference, but Mm -hmm. maybe there are other situations where it's not as clear cut, like, you know, but I was able to then get help. And, and that's just a whole nother story, you know, getting on medication and Mm -hmm. getting a therapist. And, but I love what you said, you know, a few minutes ago that no matter what it is Mm -hmm. just ask for help like why wouldn't we because the resources are there and and we'll get Mm -hmm. into you know what those are later Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that's kind of those are some examples from from my life so it's definitely familiar to me
1: well thank you very much for sharing that yeah it's it's obviously useful for, for your audience because it's 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 a, a very interesting journey that you went through and it's so different, like you said before, it's so different among uh, posts, among countries, among your stage of life. Where are you in your life? What are you experiencing in your life? It's not, it doesn't have to, it, it isn't cookie cutter and it's also within the same person, it can be very, very different. So thank you for sharing that.
0: Yeah, thank you mm-hmm. for listening. And and it's it's true, I remember thinking, oh, would I be experiencing this postpartum depression if we lived somewhere else? Like is some aspect of it tied to the fact that we're also living overseas and Mm -hmm. I'm away from family? Um, And there's no answer for that. I actually have no idea. Mm -hmm. But I did wonder at the time, maybe certain aspects of it were kind of emphasized or exacerbated because we were in a place where, maybe I just couldn't get the help as easy, easily as I could, if I Mm -hmm. were in my home country. I do not know that's Mm -hmm. interesting to me. Whereas, you know, like you said in the beginning, an expat funk or a funk in general is usually triggered by something, you know, this, this depression just fell on me like a cloud and it, you know, it could have been related some aspects to the expat life, but also very much it was postpartum depression, you know, no matter mm-hmm. where I was living mm-hmm. at the time.
1: I wanted I wanted to just say because you said that it's very important, like yeah. would I experience this if I was if, if I were home, if I were with my family or not? That we can't say. Yeah. But it it is important for people to that are hearing this, to listening this today, is um that it's not a linear process. It's not A, then B, then C. It's, it's, it's not like, oh, today it, my depression began right. and, and that's it. And I, and I know exactly what is causing it. Like I said before, it's very diffuse. So it's not like uh, from one day to another, it develops. And it has to be not only with emotion or not only with mood or reactions or not. It's about chemicals. I mean, in your brain, it's about uh, uh, your body. It's not one, just one thing. So that's also very important to, to underline. That it's not like uh, something triggering it or something specific that you can isolate to diagnose it as a depression or not. There are many, many factors involved.
0: Yes. And there were mm-hmm. so many things mm-hmm. going on at the beginning of that mm-hmm. depression and as it, as it developed over time, like you said. And at the beginning, I really did think it was a funk. I thought... Mm-hmm this is just a slump. I can get myself Mm -hmm. out of it. And I kind of Mm -hmm. brought my inner tools to fix myself, Mm -hmm. but I realized really quickly that I wasn't able to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting. Yeah. To talk about Mm -hmm. that. Maybe we could just touch on this while we're on it, the prevalence of depression among expats. Have you run into research that kind of suggests where expats are versus those that reside in their home countries? Uh,
1: They are different, but sadly, there are no, uh, I wouldn't say serious, but like more specific studies about it. They are very very old, they are not very new studies about prevalence as expats as a population, because it is of course so difficult to isolate expats from each country and where they are living, etc. But what I saw and 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 what it, it was really interesting to see and to to confirmate the, this idea that I already had is that uh, expats show show more uh, um, signs of anxiety, and depression, and even burnout. 2.5 more than than not expats, non expats. And right. that, that's I, I I can I mean of course I can I don't have a, a, a very big um, population to, to, to study but in my, within my clients they are all coming to me because of something like that like at the beginning or deep into burnout but they are experiencing that because of expat life not necessarily because expat life started everything but as you said before you mentioned that exacerbates things that mm. are already there. I want Go to talk ahead. about uh, how yeah. important, how, how vulnerable expats are in relation to the, to the non-expat, how do you say that, the, the, the people who stay at home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are, of course, it, it it depends on how often you move, but anyway, is uh, we are dealing with stress, with adaptation stress. And like, like we mentioned before, this uh, culture shock, it can it can it can last i don't know it's like grief it, it can last i don't know two months or it can last one year it is very also very individual so we are dealing with distress um the demands that we expats have are super exciting and beautiful and we are learning a new language maybe or learning a new culture learning new people also again meeting new people and we are confronted with stress. Sometimes very nice, beautiful stress, but anyway, that's stress. Mm-hmm. So it is. It is a different. Um, it is more uh, intense and it is uh, more frequent that we are uh, facing stress. Okay, so that's also a, a, a vulnerability of expats. Um, loneliness and. Loneliness because it is difficult to find new friends and also because we feel like disconnected to our old friends, old friends, or from our people back home because of different things, distance, uh, time difference, um, they don't understand what we're, or we think that they don't understand what we're going through, so we don't share. Like if we are experiencing uh, difficult times, you know, I don't want to worry my, for example, mom, I will, I will not tell her that I'm going through a rough, a rough time, but I'm going to tell her about the wonders of my expat life.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's uh, pretty damaging in many ways. We can come back to that, but that's also, we are not sharing what is going through Mm -hmm. because we are having expat, we are living the expat life. Mm -hmm. Like the perfect life you are living abroad lifestyle perfect uh, like uh, I don't know movie star for for the people back home you're having the 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 lifestyle of a movie star you are earning money or your or your partner uh, is making good money so hey why are you complaining right exactly not only from the people outside but from you to you from yourself you are saying to yourself hey I can't complain my life is pretty great Mm -hmm. you know and that's exacerbating vulnerability and that's distress as well
0: yeah
1: um what else let me see okay and this not enjoying the expat life also leads to feelings of shame or guilt like what is wrong with me that i'm not enjoying this Mm -hmm. and Comes the negative thoughts and emotions and and self. Um, I don't want to say loathing, but self uh, aggressiveness, mm-hmm. you know, self self punishment. Yeah, that's also an indicator. We I mentioned that before. We lack of a strong support network, and I'm, I I don't mean only friends, but also our community in general. Mm-hmm. You know, and. Uh, and the typical um, struggles of culture shock, I don't know. Language, of course, culture, mm-hmm. like different, different uh, signs or different uh, uh, codes, social codes, um, but also things that we don't think about. Water, food, weather, allergies, um, I don't know, time difference. So th- those things affect us. But we don't think about that because, hey, you know, it's, 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 but they are there and water can really affect like from your hair, the way yes. your, your hair looks like until you're, you're like, I don't know if it's too much, for example, here in Valencia, it's too much calcium in it. Cal, I don't know what to say in English, sorry, but it's like salt, it's this this very, very hard salt mm-hmm. and it's very it can be very damaging. Yes. So. so
0: my, yeah my hair was <laughs> chipping off in the last place we lived and I yeah. thought I was going crazy mm-hmm. but I I could have sworn you know every day I would shake my fist it has to be the water but I don't know so yeah. let's do an, a different episode on water because <laughs> <laughs> I think mean. no Definitely. it's like everything you're saying is, yeah I could like check the box yeah. of just these things yeah. we experience.
1: Yeah, and the lack of, for example, about depression and expert funk, the lack of sun. I felt, I can give you my example. I come from Chile originally, from the center of Chile, and that's a very Mediterranean climate. Mm -hmm. Okay, and when I moved to Vienna, that's not Mediterranean. I don't know what kind of climate it is, but it's (laughs) really, it can be really gray, and they have really long and cold winters. And for the first year, it was, oh, my God, yeah, it's so beautiful, romantic, la, la, la. But the second year, it wasn't that uh, that beautiful and romantic. And the third and the fourth, and I I felt it in my body. And I never thought about it before. We need sun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. People are... giving out a lot of money to buy these lamps like like these uh, uv lamps or you know to get some vitamin d or b i don't remember the d D. yeah so yeah those those are aspects aspects that we expats are confronted with that are only or or not exclusively but almost exclusive for expat life
0: or, or nomad life yeah yeah and it's so interesting kind of going back to a couple of the things you said you learn pretty quickly how difficult is it is to share your experience in a way that is understandable to the people that you're nearest and your closest and best friends or family members. You know, people that I was used to just telling them something and having them validate my experience for. Mm -hmm. know exactly what I was talking about but it doesn't take long to understand that a lot of it just doesn't translate and that is a Mm -hmm. harsh reality when you start this lifestyle Mm -hmm. and not even at the beginning but just throughout you know even 10 years in I'm still feeling waves of that where I think oh I you know whether I don't know who to turn to or who would understand this aspect of my life but also oh I wish I could share this Mm -hmm. with my, you know, mom or sister and have them Mm -hmm. 100% understand, but I think Mm -hmm. I've also come to learn that it's okay. You know, it's okay that they don't, and not one person is ever meant to understand, you know, everything that we go through. And, and I guess maybe we can get into this too. Um, What can we do, you know, when we slip into some of these funks and specifically this one having a hard time finding a people and an environment that understands Mm -hmm. and to be Mm -hmm. able to find those sources of understanding and make those friendships Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. other expats is, has been huge for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also just resonate with so many of the other things you said um, that I've suppressed certain parts, like you said, where it's, people have said, I don't know how you live this life. You know, good friends from the States, like, Mm -hmm. how are you doing this, Annalie? And I've just kind of gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, it's just normal life. We just do it overseas, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, it's my quick way of kind of just wrapping up, you know, that answer, but also inside of me, sometimes I don't, I think I forget all the extra things that we deal with as expats that are very significant that do do raise those levels of stress and distress in our lives and and it's important to remember that and not discount them and suppress that because we you know we should be grateful like you said we we should be grateful for all that we have oh my
1: god yes yeah i mean what what you are saying that they you should type it and put it like in and frame it and, and and put it somewhere because it is so true what you're saying Emily. this um it is hard it is beautiful nobody's saying it is not it is beautiful and it's it a unique experience and we are so blessed that we have that nobody's saying no to that but it's also very important to acknowledge the difficult parts mm-hmm. because like you said, it is difficult for people that are not experiencing that to understand. Mm-hmm. So for ourselves, we have to embrace and we have, we should, or we always, it's beneficial for us to embrace that, to understand how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. Just, just understand it, mm-hmm. you know, this denial of no, 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 I have to keep functioning because this is great. And I have to enjoy it. Yeah paradoxical get it's not possible right Right. i have to enjoy it yes (laughs) So thank you very much for saying that and also the other thing you said is as you were saying that i remember a saying in in chile we said don't put all your eggs in just one basket Mm. yeah
0: it's
1: like of course people back home that love you more than anything in the world and want you want to see you happy they are not going to understand exactly what you're going through but they are there and even if they don't understand they can they can be uh, empathic and they can stay there with you and be empathic and just listening and saying okay I'm here I don't understand I don't have a clue what you're saying but I'm here and I love you yeah you know I love that aim to that, not aim to understand, to make them understand Mm -hmm. what you're going through. For that, we can expand our network to people if we need people that are in the same page or even professionals like me or there are many, many good professionals we're going to share that after Mm -hmm. that can understand what you're going through. Yeah, it's not only that, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: And I love that you're saying aim, aim for understanding. Like, it doesn't mean if they don't understand that we have to, that those relationships have to be damaged or um, cut off in any way. And maybe we have to be careful with how we share things because, you know, we want to protect ourselves with how we're being understood or validated. But I love that you're, you're sharing to keep sharing, keep sharing with our loved ones, keep Yes. Trying to make that connection. And it doesn't matter if they don't understand that the only thing you can get done in one day is to go to the grocery store and get back and Clorox your fruits and vegetables and then go to bed versus the 10 item list that you would normally get done, you know, Mm -hmm. in your home country, Mm -hmm. but, but that it's okay. And that those relationships can still serve us in so many ways but that if we need extra understanding, extra support, extra validation, then why can't we just find other places Mm
1: -hmm. for that?
0: So I love that Um, because I think I hear a little bit of chatter among expats that there's this underlying frustration of, you know, family not understanding or people back home understanding, but how could they really, Mm -hmm. you know, when you think about it and it I mean, we didn't even understand what we were getting into until we moved ourselves over there, you know, and like started living the life. So um, I certainly wouldn't know how to empathize with someone having not done all this. So maybe we could go into more specifics and we could start with a funk. What ideas do you have for someone that's just kind of having a hard time? Like where can we turn and where can we get these um, sources of support? What Mm -hmm. ideas do you have for that? Mm -hmm. and then we get
1: into depression too yeah no no i think i think they're more or less the same it's not like like one is less than the other or or of course clinical depression is very 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 important to to detect and to to treat as long as as soon as possible but both are very damaging Mm -hmm. and both are are hurting you it's not you know and and i want to say that as well yeah Um, what, what? where do we start? Do I start with my, my, my suggestions and then like the, 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 the big resources that I want to share as well?
0: Or, or... Well, first, I guess I just want to emphasize what you just said. And thank you so much for saying that. that mm-hmm. Because in my head, I automatically go to one is lesser than, because one is mm-hmm. a clinical chemical mm-hmm. issue that's diagnosed mm-hmm. But Mm -hmm. both, like you said, are harming us. Mm -hmm. And can we bring that same level of self-compassion and self-care to both, and just be okay with the fact that we're hurting? It doesn't matter where on the spectrum we're hurting, but to get help. So I just love that. So thanks for saying that. Yeah. Mm So maybe you can just start sharing, and we'll just kind of make our way. Yeah.
1: The the suggestions that I say to my clients, and I publish, and I always like repeat is accept that you need help. Because as you said before, with your own experience, and I see it like every day, I have to do this. I can't ask for help because even if they don't say it with those words, it is a sign of weakness. It is a sign that I can't handle everything or I can't go through this by myself. And I've been through so much and I've accomplished so much. This thing is not going to, Put me down, you know? Mm-hmm. So the, 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 this this uh, speech that we repeat ourselves, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> like for a better word. <laughs> <It's> uh, <good. laughs> it because, just oh, isn't good, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very counterproductive. And asking for help is a sign of courage and is a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness, not a sign of self-pity. I've heard that from clients or from friends now I, I, I don't pity myself I can go I can I can go through this alone yes maybe you can I'm not saying that you're not but it's going to take more time mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's going to be the process is not going to be pleasant so any anything that you may feel like expat funk or maybe depression or whatever you are feeling ask for help and what is this asking for help and there are yeah. the resources um especially of course a therapist of course a psychologist of mm-hmm. course someone trained to help you okay there are there this, this there is this community that i love and i i'm, I'm so 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 happy that i'm part of it a location independent therapist mm. they're old colleagues, trained therapists, trained psychologists, trained coaches that not only are trained and experienced per se, but also they know and understand the expat life, Mm -hmm. the digital nomad life, the global citizen life, the international life. Mm -hmm. So that resource is, I would say, fundamental for anyone who's listening and thinking about getting therapy or or, or help or mental health, mental health help mm-hmm. they should check that okay that's okay. that's for the global community uh now if you are not ready for therapy you can afford it or, or whatever reasons seek for mentorship among the expat community mm-hmm. seek for uh, first of all seek your expat community where you are it is of course important that you have a contact with locals and that you immerse yourself in the culture and that's fine. But if you're struggling, look for people that went through that already or that are going through, like we, we spoke about it before, like empathy, like somebody somebody who validates what you're feeling and can mentor you in, 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 within these challenges, like from, learn from their experience.
0: Yeah,
1: I would say that that's, those are the two resources that I, that I would encourage people that are listening. To, to, to look out, to, lo- to look for like mm-hmm. a, this, this, this community and also this a, 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 in the location independent therapist community and also your community in your city, in the country you're in, look for expat that already went through that and can just hear you and say, not, a lot of clients said to me, it is so great not to explain expat life to you yeah. Not, to, not, not to say things that I, that, that I, don't, I don't have to justify or, or explain that because you already know. So it saves time, energy, and, and mental resources, okay? Absolutely. That goes for therapists, psychologists, mental health professionals, and, but also uh, fellow expats mm-hmm. that are longer in expat life than you are or they have experienced more moves than you or whatever. They, you don't have to explain expat life to them. Yeah. So that's a very big relief. And you can go right into what is bothering you.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And Mm -hmm. just from my own life, the therapist I hired with Mm -hmm. my postpartum depression was Mm -hmm. living in the state. So we met over the internet. Mm -hmm. And she was helpful in that she was able to diagnose my postpartum depression and Mm -hmm. work me through the catastrophic thinking and all the things that were going on. So that lasted. not very long, but so helpful to, like you said, validate where I was at, acknowledge Mm -hmm. it, diagnose it, give it a name. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and it's going to look different for everyone, but I, I transitioned to a life coach that Mm -hmm. was also an expat. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it was so helpful just to hop in that first appointment, knowing that Mm -hmm. she already understood Mm -hmm. all this stuff that would take so long to explain Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i love that you shared um the specific group that you're a part of that's called Mm -hmm. say it again just so and i'll put it in the show notes Mm -hmm. location independent therapists okay yeah Mm -hmm. we'll be talking to another um, therapist from your group in just a few weeks i know i'm excited (laughs) And I'll, I will share specific resources for my U.S. diplomatic community in the show mm-hmm. notes because there are very um, specific places to go to mm-hmm. for help. Um, no matter what you're feeling, like we've said over the course of this episode, just even if you have a question, there are free resources that we have access to. And yeah. as far as taking advantage of the expat community in which we live, I I can mm-hmm. say one thing I love about this expat life is mm-hmm. because there's just kind of a foundational understanding of what we're all going through. I've been able to make friendships so much faster mm-hmm. than I've experienced here in my home country. I am in my home country right now, but overseas mm-hmm. it almost seems like okay, we we have a limited amount of time to spend together. You know, we might have a year or 18 months or three years so Mm -hmm. let's not waste time (laughs) like Mm -hmm. let's just get into this friendship and and I think it's given me a chance to become friends with people that maybe I normally wouldn't have been friends with but it's just because Mm -hmm. they are available to me I think back in Ukraine I went to a park every single day with my kids and seemingly no one else spoke English at that park it was Russian or Ukrainian Mm -hmm. but but somehow Mm -hmm. we're communicating with the other parents and nannies at that park and Mm -hmm. we saw each other every day and we became you know friends sometimes without even talking but then I also you know kind of my broken Russian and their broken English we were able to communicate but it was I guess just a testament to the fact that you can make friends with anyone and, and they became my Mm -hmm. friends. I I think in my head before I started this life or when we were starting this life, I thought my most natural friendships will be with those that speak English or that Mm -hmm. have young kids like we do. But Mm -hmm. I guess I've just loved Finding people that are a different age and stage of me or from a different country, or maybe, you know, we don't know each other's languages very well, but we've been able mm-hmm. to be there for each other because we understand what it means to not be living in your home country or mm-hmm. or some of these people from Ukraine were just nice <laughs> and kind mm-hmm. of took mm-hmm. me in as, as a friend. But I do love that aspect. And and I guess for anyone listening that it, it takes courage to get out of your house when oh you're my God. yeah in a new country. It's so overwhelming. Even now, you know, every time we move, I think, okay, we want to make friends. We need to make friends. You know, my kids need friends, but I need friends too. And mm-hmm. to take those mm-hmm. first initial steps of inviting someone over, or do you want to go for a walk, or do you want to meet up for a drink? everybody gets it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'd say even if you feel initially really shy or completely intimidated by that, you're not alone. And no. the, the oh minute God, you no, no, no. start talking about no. that, you'll probably get, you know, a million head nods, like people yeah. understanding what you're going through. Yeah. So,
1: wow, that's very beautiful what you're saying. And and, and although, and, and that's another, I would say the top the top three of of the struggles of my clients are related to loneliness Hmm. and to not being able to to connect with people um, because they are introverts or because they are they are like you said before like I said oh my god yes because it is sometimes so difficult to get out of the house and it's not it is because you i don't know you don't you don't know the language so you don't dare because you feel so little you feel like i've been hearing this my whole career Uh, i feel like a toddler i feel like a child i feel like a baby so helpless i am a professional woman i've been through so much and i can bear to open the the door of my my front door because i'm so afraid to face whatever it comes with with the language of the culture so even baby steps, like you said, they are so big, they're not baby steps, they're big steps, and this shame, and this involution, or devolution, or or coming back to the toddler state, it is very challenging, and difficult, so if you're moving forward, it is chapeau for you, for everyone's listening, for what you said, Uh, it it doesn't matter the language, just have some human contact, yes, and some empathy and some uh, um, connection. You don't need language necessarily for connection. Those are the, the, the steps that are going to help you move forward. So thank you for sharing that. That was beautiful.
0: I love that. And yeah. I also think, you know, I have to look at myself differently when I'm overseas. I am a different person. I function differently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And when we first moved overseas, I think I had the same kind of expectations of myself that i would in my home country in my mm-hmm. host country like i i get a lot of things done or you know i'll get it, my day will look like this this and this mm-hmm. and i move and it looks nothing like that and yep. that's okay and really human connection ended up trumping the to-do list almost every day because mm-hmm. i just needed that human connection almost more i'd say than i feel like i need in my home country and Mm -hmm. maybe there's something i don't know behind that but i just that i love that you said how connection just carries us so far and and um and it's a way of caring it's a way that i care for myself you know to have that human connection and it honestly it keeps me from falling into some of these funks i've noticed if i i'm cooped up for a long time i remember this Mm -hmm. in one of our high-rise apartments i told my husband i said if i stay in this apartment too long my mind starts going a little Mm -hmm. nuts but if i go Mm -hmm. down my elevator get in my car and go to a friend's house i just it's like magic Mm so anyway i love all these ideas you're sharing anything else on this specific topic of uh no
1: again like a broken record but it doesn't matter underlying that it doesn't matter how serious or not you think it is that you're experiencing if you're feeling discomfort if you're feeling difficulties to get out of the house difficult trouble sleeping or sleeping too much or feeling fatigue or, or eating too much or eating too little, those things that are not quote-unquote normal for you, please ask for help. It doesn't have to be a long-term therapy, but ask the questions that you want to ask. If you feel that it's some, something funky mm-hmm. or weird, ask for help. Don't yeah. keep it to yourself. It doesn't matter how severe it is. Yeah, that's one thing, and the other thing, you said it beautifully before, you are not alone, you are definitely, if you're experiencing some of the symptoms or the indicators that we talk in this this episode, you are definitely not the only one, Mm -hmm. and it's okay to feel the way you feel, and it's okay to seek for help, to feel better, and it is okay to take a time off the functioning expert life and to take care of yourself.
0: Yeah. I love that all so much. It's like you said, I wish we could make a huge sign or print this, print exactly what you said on a t-shirt and <laughs> wear it around <laughs> because just to remind ourselves that um, of everything you said is so important. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for our listeners, mm-hmm. could you share where to find you and the work mm-hmm. that you do yeah mm-hmm. okay so they
1: can find me my website is gabriella-encina.com okay. and instagram is psychologist and and that's it they can send me a, a message or a dm and i'm always available so i would love to hear from your audience if they need something or if they are thinking about starting a counseling process or just share what they are going through, I'm here.
0: Great. Thank you so mm-hmm. much. And I will link to all of the resources that you've given, as well as, like I said earlier, mm-hmm. the resources unique to the US diplomatic community. So thank you, mm-hmm. Gabriella, so very much.
1: Thank you, Annalise. It was a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much.